welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we are going to talk about licensing your intellectual property to corporations. And we are going to talk with Bill Cates about how he's done that over the years. Hey, Bill, welcome to Speakernomics. Thanks, Tom. And just so people aren't confused, it's not Bill Gates. It's Bill Cates with a C. Look, Bill Gates is figuring out ways to give away all his money. Uh, I'm going to help you figure out ways to make more money. How's that sound? Good? That, that sounds great. <laughs> That's exactly what we do here on Speakernomics. So we wouldn't want to talk to Bill Gates anyway. We want Bill no. Cates. So to kick off this interview, Bill, before we kind of get into the details, what are your two best tips for speakers on how they can license their IP to corporations? Yeah, first thing is to make sure that you have license-ready IP, that your IP is licensable, if you will, that it creates the transformation It's trans- and it's and it's transferable others. We can talk about that. And then the others to make sure you start bringing it up in conversations with your clients. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to bring it up uh, and even sell your first one before you've you know figured it totally out. So we can talk about that too. Well, that's that's fantastic. So your first part was making sure that your IP is even licensable. What does that mean? What do you what do you have to have ready before you start doing this? Is that even a word? Licensable. It is now. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the deal. You've got to have a a body of intellectual property, a body of knowledge that uh, brings someone from point A to point B. In other words, there is a transformation that happens when someone goes through the program. It could be as, you know, could be learning how to type, learning how to play guitar, learning how to feed yourself better at the dinner table, whatever it is, but it's got to be that transferable. It just can't be high level principles and strategies. It can't be a keynote, generally speaking transferred into intellectual property because that's not going to give the specificity that we need. The clients are looking for a transformation. It really is in the realm of training more so than exposure to ideas. So you got to make sure you've got that in place. And, you know, if you're already doing that, if you're doing breakouts, workshops, if you've taken your keynote, your book, and you've put it into different types of training type materials, then you probably do have the right stuff to go with. So how does someone know that they're even ready to license their material? I mean, they've, they've, they've done some workshops, they've put their, they've put it into workbook format, but, but how do they sure. know that, how do they know their stuff is strong enough or that they are ready? Well, strong enough, I guess, is in the eyes of the beholder, meaning your clients, right? Your your clients determine how valuable your material is. And if they keep wanting it and wanting it from you and, and keep hiring you back to train more people, that's certainly evidence. Or they're referring you to others. That's evidence, right? Other people believe your value is we're sharing well that's that's a barometer of good quality there right but usually what happens and uh if this is what happened to me and I, I i coach folks from time to time on this to how to how to figure this out and how to get it ready is are people saying to you you know we'd love to get this to more people but we can't afford to bring you all over the world or all over the country my first licensing deal with mutual of omaha over 18 years ago was just that they were bringing me around the country and they say bill we love your stuff but we're hiring new people all the time we just can't put bill cates on the road the whole time and we can't afford it you don't want to do it etc cetera, etc cetera. i said well you pay me enough i might do it but anyway <laughs> so they said do you have you ever licensed your material i go yeah sure 
<laughs> well, and actually, I did one little licensing deal before that. Actually, not so little. It's a pretty good deal. But anyway, I said yes. So that's the barometer, right? When people say, look, we, we want to bring your stuff to more people, but we, you know, how do we do it without hiring you every single time? And so that's where usually licensing comes into play. So then they can roll out the material in certain ways with our guidance, uh, without us having to get on airplanes, without us having to do really anything. Sometimes I call it printing money legally because it's extremely profitable. So what are some of the benefits then to you as the speaker for actually putting all this together? I mean, obviously you don't have to travel as much. You have sort of uh, uh, income while you're sleeping, if you will. But are there other benefits? Well, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the benefits are, number one, the money. Okay, you make good money from this. You don't have to go out on the road and all that. It can actually turn into other speaking engagements. So I have licensing deals with companies that actually turns into other opportunities. For instance, just came up recently. I have a, a licensing deal with a company in Canada, and they pay me dollars a year to license uh, my material. But they're saying, Bill, you know, uh, we would like to get more usage. more, And that's a big I- issue. They to get people engaged in the material. So can you run a special coaching program with our high level folks? So we're gathering 30 people together and it's going to be an eight week program. And I spend an hour uh, a week and they learn everything through the video uh, training that they're going through. That's that they're actually paying even more for on top of the license. And then I'm getting paid for all the coaching. So it's extremely profitable. I mean, it's going to be a, a mid six figure contract with them this year because of all this. And that's just over on top, over top the licensing. So how do you know that your clients are ready to buy more from you? I mean, what is the, what, what is the, the sort of green light from clients that they want to license? Cause some people may think, well, you know, why me, why would they do this? Well, some will just say, you know, is there, is there another way we can get this? Do you have this on video or here's a typical thing, right? I just talked to uh, somebody recently about this, another speaker, and she said, you know, they want to record my speech and they want to make it available to the audience or make it available on their learning management system on their, on their website. You know, is that something I should charge for? Is it, is that a licensing deal? And I said, well, yeah, it could be. It depends on what they want to use it for. If it's just for archiving and maybe some people will be there, maybe not so much. But if they actually want to use it and put it out to people and maybe even break it up into training modules, et cetera, that's definitely a licensing situation where they are now using your intellectual property past the speech. Sometimes I will grant people that. Sometimes I'll just charge my fee to have them put the speech up on their website. So it's my fee plus my fee to put it up for a year. But if they're going to start using it for more than just that, now we're starting to talk about a licensing arrangement. So do you think it helps that you're very well niched in a single industry? I mean, you are in that that finance industry and you help people in that industry acquire more clients. So that's obviously a hot topic for people who work in the, in the finance world. Do you think that helps you license because you're so hyper niched? Yeah, without question, uh, it does. Number one, it makes my material more valuable because it's not a generic, you know, sales or customer service or communication skills program that's, you know, just inserted into their world. And that certainly has some value. 
Uh, but that tends to be more principle based because the tactics are going to vary depending on the industry and the nature of the relationships. In my particular situation, because it is for financial professionals, everything is specific to financial professionals. So the training is more valuable because it's targeted. Plus, since I have this reputation, a lot of this now comes to me. I don't have to chase it quite uh, so much anymore. I mean, I still bring it up in conversations, which we can talk about, but people kind of know what's happening. And, and we've done it at one company and that person person moves to another company and they already know that that company, the former company licensed the IP, right? So yeah, having that, that reputation in a market actually just in general and speaking is a huge plus. Can you be successful in this business without targeting a, a market? Yeah. Yeah. But it's much easier and much faster if you have a target market. So do you customize the, the material for every client or do you have a series of videos and a training book for the facilitator uh, that goes out to everybody? In most cases, I do not customize. And in the, the vast majority, they get what I've already put on video. And I purposely have done on video. It's not a train the trainer. I'm not training their trainers, facilitators to use my intellectual property. They're getting me on a video. So that way, everyone has a consistency of the training. Now, the quality of the facilitator who puts them through the initiative will, will make a difference, of course, and how it's supported by managers will make a difference. But at least the initial delivery of the material is certainly at a consistently high level. Um, so I forgot the question. <laughs> no, it was do you customize it? Right, customize, yeah. Yeah, so I don't do that, and it doesn't really need to be in most cases. Now, what I will often do with a deal is I will launch the product for them. So I will do a kickoff where everybody is, you know, learning how to, you know, use the system and, and what they're going to learn and what the, you know, what the initiative looks like. And so that I will certainly tailor my remarks knowing their world. And then I do a, usually do a couple of coaching calls along the way, depending. Sometimes I'll do a lot if they're willing to pay me, but those coaching calls certainly are customized. And I have one, one arrangement right now with a company where I'm actually doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching. In fact, the thing in Canada that I'll be doing is there is some one-on-one -on -one coaching as part of that package. So of course that's highly customized then to that specific individual. I did one program for a company that, and this is funny, this, they didn't want to do a licensing deal. The, the, the guy at the time, he's no longer with the company says, he says, Bill, I don't want to fund your retirement. I'm going, well, if you don't, who is, you know, I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> can we buy it? You know, can we buy it from you? And I'm thinking, oh, no, no, you don't ever license your material in perpetuity. Right. I tell everybody that and I did it. Now they paid me a lot of money. So that was part of it. I didn't give them the full program that I give. And certainly I didn't do any more business with the regions of that company for a while. But here's the interesting thing that happened. That stuff has become old now. It's four or five years old. And even though the material is good, you know, the video quality is different, all of that. People don't know where to find it in our website anymore, in their website. So many of the people that were in that initial training and went through all that, that I kind of helped their career, they're now in leadership positions. And I am doing so much work last year in 2020 during the pandemic. And even now in 2021, they are my biggest client right now because all those people went through that licensing program and now they're leaders and they want to bring the guy in to train them. And so even though I made a mistake, it turned out okay. 
So that's interesting that you say don't just sell it one time and into perpetuity. So let's talk about some of that, like details of licensing and and your contract. What what does it look like and why? Sure. So you want to have it very well defined. In other words, who's getting trained? you know, in what, what's the deliverable, what's the statement of work, or, you know, you have an appendix with what all the deliverables are. What is the time period? It's a very specific, well-defined time frame. Uh, some people do self-renewing where if you don't notify within 60 or 90 days, it just automatically renews. Uh, I've occasionally sold multi-year deals for me. It's mostly year to year, but I've had clients AIG, for instance, we're in our 15th, I think we're going into our 16th year of a licensing arrangement with them year to year to year. And so that, you know, so I'll I'll tell you one I did with Merrill Lynch, which really taught me something. So I had a big deal with them. And I said in the contract, you know, domestic advisors, advisors in domestic United States or something like that. And they came back to me and they said, so Bill, you know, we have advisors in Europe and Asia. Notice how they phrase this. I love it. What would it cost to add those advisors? They didn't say, can we add those advisors, which nice guy Bill probably would have said, sure, <laughs> right, <laughs> to get the deal. But they said, what would it cost? So I said, well, it'll cost this. And they go, okay, we want, we want to put those people in. And that licensing deal with them took me trips to Asia, to Singapore, took me trips to London, Buenos Aires, all for Merrill Lynch, all because of the initial licensing deal. So that's back to that thing that it's not just the money you make from the license. The, any speaking that you do, unless you include some in the deal, is is over above that. So what's the difference between what you're talking about, about licensing your IP to corporations and doing an online course? Well, um, I, I do both and, and they're related. So if I get an individual who wants to go through my online course, they get a membership. They spend X dollars and they get a one-year membership in my online course. They may add coaching to it if they want. We have part of that as part of the package. But if it's a corporation that wants to train multiple people, it becomes a licensing arrangement. Now, it may be a low-end one. It may be a $3,000 or a four or $5,000 deal because they're not training a ton of people. But it's still the same basic agreement where they're getting access to this. Now, that's on my learning platform, right? That's on Kajabi, which is what I use. Um, there are a lot of platforms out there that are that are good for this. But there are, since they're a smaller company, they're, they don't have their own learning management system, right? So they want to use mine. Now, the larger companies, they have a learning management system. And one of the things that everyone should be saying to their clients, by the way, do you have an LMS? Do you have a learning management system? And they're either going to say, well, no, but we're thinking of doing one or we are building one. And now that's the end to talk about content on their learning management system. So most of the big deals that I have, I actually send the videos to them and the audios and the collateral material, and they host it. And uh, then I just get paid money. So my cost of sale is the time it takes me to send a couple of zip files or zip folders over to them, right? Now, the cost of sale for renewal, this is why I call it printing money legally. So let's say with uh, with one of my companies uh, that just renewed in the new calendar year. So I go in and I type... 2001, I changed 2020 to 2021. I hit click, they get it, and then the check clears. That's my cost of sale. It took me, what, 60 seconds to put it all together and send it out? That's why it's printing money legally. 
And what percentage of your clients who've licensed your material into their corporation renew at least one year, if not multiple years? You said you have some that are like 16 oh, or 18 all of years. Them. But- yeah, all of them. Have, uh, I don't think I've ever had anyone who, well, I had one. My very, very, very first one did not renew after a year and a half. But all the others have. Now, some have only lasted three years. And that brings us to another issue, because one of the issues is a lot of companies will say to their employees, whoever they're trying to train, hey, guys, you have this great course. Go get it. Nobody gets it. So there isn't usage. And so then they can't justify spending or investing the money because there's no usage. So I tell everybody and I say, look, do not just put it on your LMS and tell people you have it. That's not going to produce the result you want. And so then we talk about how to produce the result they want. And if they follow my directions, they will keep renewing. If they don't follow what I've learned, then they may not renew. So what are some of the directions that you give them to make sure that people are utilizing? Yeah, make it an initiative. Make it a program you're specifically putting people through. So we have a 60-day action plan, a 60-day guide, where anyone who's learning our, our, our material, they go through 60 days. We have it mapped out every week. Do this. Next week, do this. The facilitator knows that. They hold them accountable to doing that stuff. It's a very specific initiative. And over and above that, if they're hopefully trying to change their culture, then it's it's more than that because then it's, you know, maybe me doing a podcast with their top producers, which is over and above the licensing deal. Maybe it's speaking at events and rolling these things out, but it's it's culture building. It's training their managers to keep the message going. So ideally, they want to change their culture. They're going to do what it takes with a little bit of help from me. But at least they're going to make an initiative where everyone gets trained and it's not just left up to the individual. All right. So you said like on the small end with a little company who just has a few people to train, your low end licensing deals would be like $3,000 for the year. What's a high end deal look like? Well, my biggest is three, 300,000 um, with Merrill Lynch. Uh, and then on top of that was a lot of speaking. Uh, I, in fact, I couldn't do all the speaking and they would contact me too late uh, and I was already booked. So I actually had to hire two other people to deliver my material. I don't usually do that. And I remember the client with Merrill said to me after he saw this, this guy, Mark, do it for me. He said, I said, he says, well, I, I, it wasn't Bill Cates. Right. But then I just looked at the audience members. W- were they absorbing it? Were they getting it? Were they appreciating because they hadn't seen Bill Cates and they were. And so that's when it became OK that somebody else was delivering my my material. So I think I think what we talked about has been has been really eye opening for me. And I think for people who are listening, I mean, that is that's a big range. But that's also that also can be very lucrative if you do it right. So your second tip that you gave at the top of the show was sort of around, you know, making sure that you're talking it up, bring up the fact that you have this licensing option to all your clients. So how do you work that into into the conversation and how do you turn working it into the conversation into a lead into a deal? Yeah, sure. And before I answer that question, uh, I want people to know that some of these three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar deals have led to the larger deals because these smaller deals are often subsets of a larger company and the, the, the home office, if you will, gets wind of it. And then they want to bring it to everybody. So, so many of my deals have started uh, from the, they go from the bottom up. All right. So having a conversation, the main thing is when, when people contact you, this is something you should do, whether you even think about licensing or not, is, you know, 
if they're they're interested in your subject matter, right? You've contacted them and they're interested, or they reach out to you. What are we trying to accomplish here, right? What's the goal? What's the behavioral change you would like to see? The uh, standard questions we should be asking. And so then what, what made a big difference for me, I started saying, say, well, look, I, you know, I'd be happy to deliver that virtual session. I'd be happy to do that. And just so we know that while it's great to expose your folks to some ideas, it's not really training. Maybe a few folks will change their behavior, but we know it's probably not going to give you the lift that you would really ultimately like to have. So can we talk about some ways to make that happen? And they go, oh, well, yeah, tell me more. Now, not, it doesn't turn into a deal every time, but at least now I start to talk about it and they, and they get it in their head, right? A 60 or 90 minute webinar is not training. It's, it's, it, it'll change some people's behavior in small ways. We see that. It's not worthless, but it's certainly not the same. So when you bring it up to people and they nibble, how do you then shepherd that through to a deal? Then I shove it in. No. Uh, <laughs> they nibble. Well, uh, usually other people have to get involved, right? Because usually the person that's reaching out to me for this virtual session or you know live session is not usually the person who's going to be fully engaged in making that decision. Sometimes they are. Depends on the person, but not usually. So they usually end up introducing me, and then we get on a three-way, four-way Zoom, and we talk about what's possible. And it can take a while. It can take you know several months. It can take a year. It depends. Uh, sometimes they have other initiatives, and and I'm a big believer in them doing it right and implementing it at the right time and why I love to have them cut the check today. I want them to do it right because if they don't, then they're not going to be happy and, and it may not renew. Right. So sometimes they have other initiatives. Like for instance, one company is very interested in it right now, but they're doing this big Salesforce integration with their, all their people. And it would be a terrible time to try to roll that out right now. So we're waiting a little bit. So I do a demo. I, I, I walk them through the system so they can see the demo. I will give them a free pass for them and their trainers to go and demo it for themselves for about a week or two weeks. So they get a real good sense of the experience. And so that's how we kind of get them, you know, teased into, into the system. But I'll tell you, testimonials, you know, social proof, other people in the company, it's huge. When you can get other people recommending you to the people you're talking to, that makes a big difference. So that leads me to another question that is related, but slightly off topic here. <laughs> and that is about getting referrals inside and outside of the client. So when I think of Bill Cates, I think of you as the expert on referrals. I've seen, oh, I've seen referral coach. Is that what gave it away? Yeah, the little thing right hit, there? The shirt he's wearing, and I can see him on video. It does say the referral coach. <laughs> but but that's I've seen you speak before, and that's what I think of. Right. So right. how do you master getting companies to refer you to other companies and how can speakers learn to get more referrals, whether it's for their licensing or just their keynoting and, and training? Three words. Ask for them. <laughs> you ask for them. You you talk to them. You make sure they're happy. You make sure you're meeting expectations. And then you bring up the possibility of not referring, but introducing you to other people. We want to use the word introductions. Why? Because we want to get introduced. We don't want to just have called George, use my name. We want to get introduced. And so if it's a large company, it could be other divisions. Um, if it's a small company, it could be other 
of the same of those types of people, either within or outside their company. So, you know, it, it, who I'm asking for will vary depending on who they are and what I know about them. But almost every time I do ask, I come prepared to ask. I have a, a couple of places I want to explore. Some of these folks are part of study groups, the smaller deals. And these smaller deals are worth it because they're very profitable. They're, they're much easier to sell and they lead to other stuff. And a lot of times those people will then hire me for individual coaching too. So there's, they all talk to each other, right? All the products and services you offer kind of talk to each other. And so I got that from, uh, from Rob Shore. Jeff Shore, sorry, it was Jeff Shore, uh, that idea of them talking to each other. So, you know, you ask, essentially. Now, the good news is since I teach referrals, since it's kind of part of the conversation, a lot of them come up without me having to ask. It's, I have kind of a bit of an unfair advantage in that regard because it's already in the conversation. That's awesome. Well, Bill Cates, thank you for sharing your time here with everyone who listens to Speakernomics. Any last words of advice? Yeah, just this is you're nuts if you don't do this, right? I mean, have the intellectual property. If you don't have the intellectual property, work on it. I don't care who you are and what you speak about. Become an expert. If you're a motivational speaker, become an expert in motivation and what it actually means to motivate someone and the brain science and all that stuff, right? So that you can develop a program that will actually move people from point A to point B and not just a bunch of good ideas and good stories. Look, that has its place in a conference. I'm not putting down motivational, inspirational speakers. It, it's wonderful. I wish I was better at that. And that's not what turns into licensing. What turns into licensing is this body of knowledge that will move people. And we all have the ability to do that. And if you need to find an instructional designer to read your book and turn it into something, you don't do it naturally, then, then do that. So just do it. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being here. And thanks to everyone who tuned in and listened. Please join us next week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker. And always, always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.